Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We're so glad that you stopped by to listen. We hope you're in the mindset to grow and we trust that this episode will provide insight and we can all learn and become better youth workers together. We have an awesome topic uh, for this episode. We're talking about the bivocational youth pastor with our good friend, Andrew Fisher. But before we dive in, we want to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is the same for both. It's at Rush Students. So go over to Facebook, go over to Instagram, uh, link up with us there. Uh, You'll see highlights for podcast episodes and short promos. You'll see quotes, different inspirational things like that. We trust it'll serve you well. And for our podcast, we're still technically a new podcast and we're gaining traction and, and we need your help. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, we... Uh, hope that you will think about and contemplate and and move forward on leaving a rating and review. That helps us get more exposure within the uh, podcast community. That helps us grow and and uh, get this great word out in front of more youth pastor eyes. So thank you so much for uh, partnering with us and leaving a rating and review. So this episode we are talking about the bivocational youth pastor. We understand that uh, some of you, probably a majority of you, are pursuing a career or you have a full-time job as well as being a youth pastor. We know a lot of you are providing for your wife, your kids, and, and maybe trying to buy that home or whatever your situation might be. We have an awesome guest on this episode, Andrew Fisher. He is a youth pastor in Terre Haute, Indiana. He has a very large youth ministry, yet he is also uh, full-time with the Pepsi company. Um, And on top of that, he has a side hustle. So uh, he just provides so much insight on this topic and what his mindset is uh, with his full-time career and side hustle. He's got a kingdom mindset, and I know he's going to help you. He's already helped me uh, become a better minister of the gospel, whether that is to our youth group or whether that is on our 9 to 5, uh, Monday through Friday, in the community at our job. So this is for you, bivocational youth worker, bivocational youth pastor. We believe this is going to help. Let's dive right in to the bivocational youth pastor, with Andrew Fisher. We're so excited to have Andrew Fisher here on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. He and his wife, Crystal, are amazing youth pastors in Terre Haute, Indiana, where they lead Elevate. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the podcast, man. How, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast, coming to you from the Haute. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome. I, I didn't give a big uh, bio on your life because we're going to be diving into that. So uh, that's basically our topic today. We know a lot of our listeners are bivocational. You're a youth pastor, you're a youth worker, but you also work a full-time job. Uh, you, you might be supporting your family. So listeners, if you resonate with that, this is for you. But it's also going to be beneficial for even our full-time youth pastors because most likely their youth team members work full-time jobs or they might be full-time students, whatever it might be. 
So um, as we dive into this topic, Andrew, uh, talk to us about, um, about your youth group, uh, what you've got going on there, and then uh, take us right into your career as well. Awesome. So it's great to have everybody on today listening or watching wherever you're at. And uh, I'm excited to be here, like I said, and, and love my friend Preston, brother Preston, youth pastor Preston. Uh, and my wife and I youth pastor in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is about 45 minutes to an hour south of Indianapolis, home of NAYC 21. We're excited about that. We're planning through all this craziness, all this COVID nuts, all these things going on. And uh, we youth pastor uh, at New Life Fellowship. Uh, under Pastor Jeffrey Harpel, which is an amazing pastor. Love him so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do work a full-time job at Pepsi, not Coke, Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> um, it helps support the ministry. And I also have a company that I started as well um, with marketing that also supports my family. I have three wonderful children, Isaac's 12, Eli's 9, and Adeline's 3. Uh, coach baseball. Um, so I can do all those things within youth ministry. We have an, an amazing youth ministry team uh, here at New Life called Elevate Student Ministries. And we have a great youth staff of, of the bunch of different ages. And there's some older ones, middle age, younger ones. It's great. And so we're, we're so excited to be here today and talk about this topic that I'm so passionate about, which is bivocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And some of the greatest people in the Bible were bivocational. Jesus himself was a carpenter, right? And we're going to talk about someone who's my favorite, which is Paul, was bivocational. And I would like to address some of the insecurities that I had coming up in youth ministry uh, that I struggle with and just be a little bit transparent there. And so we'll, we'll kind of dive into all that. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. Man. So, and so it, it kind of all started with uh, God dropped in, in my wife and I's heart to lead youth. And um, we started and, and off we went as green as we were. And my, and my mindset, bro, was it was, it was I'm going to work as hard as I can to get to a place where I don't have to get up and work at nine to five. I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work in the ministry. And yeah, that's naive to think, but I think that I have probably a lot of people in the same boat that that would be just a just just a dream to wake up and go to the church and just go at it full force. However, that is not what God had planned for me, and I would suspect that that's not what God has planned for the majority of the listeners or viewers today. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to uplift and encourage you, and, and just by way of a figure in the Bible called Paul, and... Uh, the Bible talks about it in Matthew 18, 1, 3, and 4. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. And he persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. I find encouragement in that portion of Scripture because... I know he worked throughout the week to get to the point where he could preach in the synagogue every Sabbath, every Sunday. How many of you out there are working and just hoping, oh, man, this would be so great if I get an opportunity to minister 
and you're working to get to that point. And if you're like me, I felt like the pinnacles of success in ministry was to get to that place where I was compensated by a church that I didn't have to work a secular job anymore. And then I would have arrived. <laughs> I would have made it. And so, man, looking back, I think about that and, and how many years I struggled with that thought and that how inadequate I felt like I was in ministry because we've all gotten the question. We've all gotten this question about, are you full time in ministry? Oh, <laughs> I hate that question. And, and it's not, it's not the person asking questions fault. It's just the way that we've kind of grown up in ministry where I asked the question, Hey bro, are you full time? You know, it's those typical questions we get asked, are you full-time ministry? And I always have to answer, well, no, not, not full-time ministry, no. And that really discouraged me. And God began to deal with my heart about this portion of scripture about Paul and what he did. And Paul was a tent maker and he honed his craft. He, the Bible talks about how he worked on his craft. He, uh, he went through apprenticeship and he worked on all this, just like I have worked in the soda industry, the beverage industry for 20 years, trying to sell beverages to people. Um, the first portion of that, I didn't realize what I was trying to do. Now I know I have an agenda, bro. I have an agenda and it is, I have to confess to you that it's not for my company. It is for the gospel. Mm. So whether you are compensated from the church, which is awesome, there are opportunities at some churches and God has laid that path out for them in particular, that that's what God has for them. But God, I have to realize that God has something different for me. And there's a reason for that. Mm. There's a reason for that, that God has something different for me, but both whether you're compensated from a church or compensated from a secular job, they both support your family and fund the ministry. Mm. So when I get asked that question, uh, are you full-time in ministry? I say yes, <laughs> like emphatically, I say yes, I can't help myself. And I preface it, of course, and I said, well, just so you know, I work a secular job. But you got to understand, it's, it's when I get up in the morning, I, it's all I think about. It's, 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 I'm thinking about, I'm planning, I'm, I'm praying, I'm talking to God. When I'm at my job, I'm, I'm, I make connections with people. We've gotten gyms for free because of my position at Pepsi. I've gotten uh, different things donated to the church because of my position at Pepsi. And I, I began to realize some things and God worked on me and said, this is why I have you in this position. Mm. This is why I have you here. It's okay that the other ministers that are, are paid full time to the church, which I love so much. I have really good friends that are, and they wear many different hats. They do a lot of great things in the ministry and they actually extend out of the church. And I love to see that. Uh, that's okay, but it, that wasn't for me. It wasn't my path, and we've got to be okay with that. So I, I felt for a while, bro, that that um, that weight on people that you know I'm going to these youth conferences and I'm I'm watching these speakers and they're talking. I know this most of them are full time paid, and that there's a discouragement. And I, I feel like some of that has lifted, and I feel that there are some people that understand that that it's okay to have a secular job, that God is using that particular skill for a reason. Mm. Because there is, a, there is a stat out there that 100% of the unchurched people are not in church. They're not in church. And right. so I, I begin to change the way I think, the way I approach how I go to work. I, when I leave every morning, I, when I 
step my foot onto that workplace or the marketplace or wherever you go, I pray in Jesus' name, let this bless the kingdom. Let this bless my family. I need to support my family. Let this bless the kingdom. I'm praying, God, that you use this job. Use it. And I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to show up on time. My conversations are going to be consistent with what they are at church around other people. I'm going to talk about the church. I'm going to talk about my youth group and just watch what God will do for you, in you, and through you. Wow. And so that, to me, was an epiphany. And we got to talk, and my pastor and I got to talk, and really had a really good candid conversation. And Pastor Harpole knows this very well. I've talked about it several times. And um, we had a great open conversation about it. And we realized that my job, which I know this isn't the case for everybody, but I, just, I can only speak personally that my job is flexible where I can come to the church during the day and, and do some things and go back to work. And it's just, it's just God has worked so many different things out for us, my family personally. And also we've built up a good team. That's kind of the other thing that we've really worked hard on is a really good youth team. Mm. And so that's, those are some of the things that we've worked on. Um, we've also raised up good student leaders to help in that endeavor to take some of the burden that would probably moment sometimes carried upon someone who was compensated by a church to pick up some of that burden to help out. And in, and in turn, it trains leaders. Sure. And so I was thinking about this, bro. I wish that we would bring back acronyms to the youth group. Not really. I'm just joking. <laughs> Not really. But I was thinking if you need help and you, you work a job, raise up your young people. They are capable. 14, 15, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, you'll be amazed what they can do with what you give them. And they can be leaders within your youth group. And I have a saying in our youth group that I'm not the only youth leader. If I'm the only youth leader, then we're in trouble. And so it has to, the onus has to be on the young people. Mm-hmm. And so in the spirit of an acronym and the spirit of the Rush Ministry, Student Ministries podcast, let's raise up student helpers. <laughs> raise up student helpers. I know that's corny. I know that's cheesy, but I just thought that's good. That's good. So Paul is an interesting character to me. And I love to watch the, the, the path that he followed to where he spread the gospel through his ministry, where the Bible talks about where he went to the marketplace. He took it outside of the church and went to the marketplace and talked about it. Today, I had a conversation with somebody about Jesus at Pepsi, in the warehouse of Pepsi. It was an amazing thing. And so God will provide you opportunities if you change your mindset and say, wait a second, I am full-time. I'm full-time in ministry. What are you talking about? I'm not full-time. I'm not. I may be bivocational. That is true. But I'm full-time because it's all I think about. It's, it's, I've got a burden. God's not taking that off. God hasn't contained that burden to two hours on a Sunday or one hour on a Wednesday. God hasn't done that. You have a burden. You have a passion. So you are full time in ministry. What a, what a blessing that is that God has given you. Whatever ministry that may be, if it's not youth ministry, if it's children's ministry, if it's, if it's working the bus ministry, the kitchen, God has given you that, an opportunity. And, and what a shame would that be to hold that only on church days and not take that into the marketplace and talk about it. Absolutely. Say, listen, I work in the kitchen at the church and we've got some needy people and, be, and watch God begin to work connections within your workplace. 
and people will begin to talk about your church and what good comes of it and connections will be made and things will happen. And it's only done because of God. It's only done because of God. Wow. That's so good, man. What, what would you say to um, some of our youth pastors? And, and as you know, uh, some youth pastors start young. They, they might, uh, might have a young family, newly married, trying to support the family, but also lead the youth. What would you say to that youth pastor that just kind of dreads right now waking up on Monday to go to work? And, and how did you have a shift of, of mindset where this is mission field? I am full-time. How can you have joy going to work, um, I guess would, would be a question. You know what I thought? I thought about that um, when I was when I was kind of in that discouragement phase of going to work, and and I really dreaded it. I really thought, you know, this is not fair. I, I feel like I put time in, God. You know, why why does this not happen? Why is the doors not open? Mm-hmm. And I began to think about my youth leader, which just so happened to be my my dad and my mom, and how he would get up every single morning, seven a.m. to seven p.m., working a twelve-hour shift, and what that taught me. <clears throat> And I started thinking about that. I started thinking if I get up and I talk about work in front of the youth and, and for whatever reason, and, I, and I'm just being transparent, for whatever reason, I was embarrassed to talk about that I just worked. I, I felt like to my youth and even to my friends that, that I should talk more about what's going on with the youth group because then they maybe would think I was full-time in ministry, which was, it's just, it, it's amazing what happens in your mind when you're talking about the perception of who's around you. And I began to think about that, about my dad, a lot. He had a, a tremendous effect. He's a very meek man. He worked hard. He'd come home. He'd work on cars, and then he would go study the Bible, and then he would go teach and come home, go to work, go teach. And I watched him do that, and he used that as an opportunity to bless his family. Um, didn't, I didn't understand that until I got older. Obviously, I didn't know that when I was a kid. But, um, and I didn't understand when he was a youth leader what he went through working 12 hour shifts consistently like he did but he but i begin to think about okay what am i teaching my young people am i teaching them that that every one of them uh, you know all the young people in my youth group are going to be full-time ministry my teaching that's a that's a bad path to go down because we don't want that We, we shouldn't want that as a church we want doctors and lawyers we want people that are bankers we want people to work at mcdonald's we want people to work at walmart we want people in those places because we're trying to spread the gospel and that's kind of how i came to the conclusion that okay i, I wasn't meant to do to be compensated by church because obviously god his will for my life was to be in the marketplace mm. it may not have been the path for my friends that were in the ministry and, and that's good. And I watched God bless them. And, and immediately a, a peace came about me. And, wow. and, I, and I just came to a, a conclusion. My wife was a nurse, bro. And, and she was a nurse. And we have three kids. And when we got to Adeline, which is three now, she's a girl. We we're like, oh, my goodness, we don't want all of her. And it's okay if you have this. And if you have all three kids in a daycare, it's okay. But it was, it was hard for us. We so my wife had a burden, like, I want to stay home with kids and, and kind of raise them and teach them. And, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I, we're just this one income. What are we going to do? And, and just begin to pray. And God opened more doors. And, and I began to get promoted because I was spending time, like Paul was spending time on his craft as a tent maker. I spent time in that area, in that arena. And I just realized that my ministry extended past 
past the student ministry building or the youth room. It's been a pass into the workplace wow. and God began to do things. And I would talk about the church every single day is my favorite thing to talk about. And, and people may think about this as being right or wrong, but I had an agenda. You got to understand I have an agenda. It's the gospel. I have an agenda. So every time I would talk about something, a lot of times the way I would get sales is I was talking about what good the church was doing. And, mm. and wouldn't you know, God would provide the sale. It would happen. And so, so my wife, she stopped being a nurse for, for a little while. She's still not a nurse right now, but she still has her license. She still, she can practice if she wanted to. Mm. She began to get discouraged about not being a nurse and you know, I'm not doing anything. And then, get, then all of a sudden, I just real, I realized something else. My spouse, my wife, uh, began to bring in girls that were on the fringes when at, to her home with our kids. And my wife was teaching them how to be a mother by bringing the kids to the Bible study. And she, was, she got um, a, a revelation one night that I'm still a nurse. I'm nursing people to spiritual health. God has helped her and trained her through schooling. And now she's using that practically for spiritual health, which is amazing. And so she's taking off. We don't get a babysitter, bro. We don't get a babysitter. We honestly, she takes all three kids crying, whining, whatever they're doing. And she takes them to the Bible study and teaches the Bible study to these girls while the baby's crying. <laughs> and because she was like, what, if I don't do that, what am I teaching the young girls? If I don't teach these young girls that you can have a ministry while being a mom, then what am I doing as a youth leader? And so God has shifted our thinking a, a little bit in that arena. And to the young minister, uh, just circling back around to the question, yeah. to the young minister, I, I, it took me a while. So it's okay. to It's okay. I'm, re, I'm telling you, you're released to think that way because I did. Such were some of you. Um. But I, it took me a little while to understand that I had to be an example to the young people. If you can't be paid by the church, that's okay. That is okay because that is God's divine plan and will for you, for your family, for your church, for your pastor, that you are in this season, that you're being compensated from somebody else. So God has provided the money, whether it's through the church or through a secular job, to fund the ministry. So, so what are we doing? What are we really thinking about? Is it a status thing? Is it, is it something that we're, we can go to, to convention or a youth conference and say, I'm full-time now, mm. you know, no, come on, you know, right. And that's where I had to arrive to. I, and I'm talking to myself. I hope I, I hope everybody knows my heart. I'm talking to myself yeah. because I struggled with this, bro. This was something that was heavy on me and that I, that I went through and that, that I, that I, I didn't feel adequate enough. I didn't feel like God was doing things through me because I was working a job and I'm thinking, Andrew, look at the Bible. There's it's filled with people who worked a job mm -hmm. and had a ministry. So, yeah, absolutely. Man, that's so good. I know it's going to help a lot of people. Um, you, uh, you guys talking about your family there. Um, I actually, I did have a question come in. Uh, a youth pastor knew this uh, episode was going to be recorded and he was just, he was wondering, man, I'm trying to balance ministry, a full-time job and family and like vacation time at the job is being taken up all for ministry. So if, if you don't mind, I know we didn't really talk about going into this lane, but how do you, 
how do you keep family healthy? It's, it's like a third realm here. You've got full-time job, ministry, family. How, how would you encourage someone to prioritize uh, that family time? It's a great question and probably one of the most important questions that has ever been posed on this topic mm-hmm. in ministry is the balance of the family because it's God, family, church. Yeah. We got, we've got to remember that it's God, family, church. It's yeah. not God, your ministry and your family. It's just, I mean, you're, you're, you're not helping, you're not edifying the body if you don't focus on your family. And so hopefully you have a good relationship with God. That's key. And, and I know that sounds elementary and that sounds like that. Yeah, that's a given. We should have that, but, no, but you really have to focus on your relationship with God and wherever that happens for you. And this ties into the question, I promise wherever that happens for you, have that relationship with God, find a place in your home for me to be honest with you, it's in my detached garage, believe it or not. It's mm-hmm. when I'm it's when I'm weeding. It's when I'm spraying for weeds and God begins to deal with me and speak through me. I talk to him. I've had prayer meetings and the Holy Ghost outpouring in my garage like it was the upper room. And so focus on that. Focus on your family. One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten in youth ministry and the talk of balance, especially if you work a secular job, came from course i've watched my pastor operate in this realm pastor harpole is an amazing family man and an example but one of the best pieces i ever got was actually from uh pastor matthew johnson came to church i was giving a shout out because it was one of the best pieces of advice i've ever gotten he came in and told me a story about a friend he knew that that went to everything and did everything in ministry and his family began to fall apart and um just so happened when he told that story that day we had a youth conference and he was there to speak for it that saturday it began to rain we had an outdoor event i was so bummed because it was probably the first time i had a, a you know a nationally recognized speaker come to our church and and general youth secretary matthew johnson came and spoke and this thing i had to cancel it i i was green i was you know i wasn't real young in youth ministry but to, and, and planning an event like that I didn't have a contingency plan, mm. but God had a contingency plan. I don't even know if he had a contingency plan as much as it was his plan that day for sure. it to rain. And the reason why I say that is he pulled me inside when it rained. He said, Hey, listen, everybody's going home and we got, it gives us a chance to talk. I got something to share with you. And it was a specific word for my life. And, mm. it, and it wasn't even the fact that I was going down that path, but I could have, I could have very easily because I can, I can, I can consume myself in youth ministry and work and plan. You can ask my wife. It's, it's just, it eats me up. It's, I've got a burden and we do whatever we can f- for that. But he told me that what a shame it would be. What a shame it would be. This, what, what a great facility. And with the time we had just renovated the youth building and what a great facility and you know, what an awesome youth group you have. And what a shame it would be to have this awesome youth group. If Isaac, your son or Eli, your son would, you would lose them. What, what a shame. Wow. What, what would all this be for if we didn't, if you didn't, if you couldn't win your family or keep your family together and that I broke down. I'm, it's, I mean, he, he ministered to my heart, probably pound for pound. Um, one of the best messages that spoke to me in that, that season. And from then on, I always thought, okay, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no, because I have to protect my family. Um, it's okay to say no. And whatever I do, I'm going to try it. my dead level best to involve my wife. I'm going to involve my children. They go everywhere with us. They go to everything with us. 
And um, so balance is not typically how we look at balance. It's not this. Because God's a jealous God. He wants all of our attention. So the balance is going to look a little different to, to him than it is to us. But I would tell you, if you put your family first, God's going to honor that. And he's, then he's going to send you people or give you resources, one or the other, however that works and however God has that plan for you. And that's, that's how it's worked for us. We bring our kids to the youth staff meetings. We bring our kids to the fall parties. We don't, we don't just push them, okay, kids, we'll see you in three days. Mm-hmm. NAYC, yeah, they're probably not going. But <laughs> everything else, so probably one of the best pieces of advice, keep your family together. And also, mm-hmm. here's the flip side of that. That's a youth lesson for the young people. It's not always the lesson that's spoken in front of them that they're paying attention to. They are watching how you live your life with your family. And so it's probably one of the best messages that you've ever spoken is the one that's unspoken is how you're living your life with how you treat your wife, how you talk to her, how you treat your kids, how you talk to them and how you love them. Man, that's so good. Wow. 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 Very good. I know I, uh, <laughs> I took us a couple of different routes. Oh. It was so, so good. So, um, any other thoughts on, uh, on Paul or, or, uh, for our viewers and listeners that are, are working a, a job, but want to give their all to youth ministry as well. Yeah. So, so uh, when it comes to Paul, um, the ministry and the life of Paul is, is, is fantastic. It's, I love just dive yourself into that, that in the Bible, I, I don't want, I don't want to go through the whole thing of it, but um Paul is an amazing man to me because he made up in his mind that he was going to go after something and dedicate his life to God through it. Um, it took me some years to do that. It's okay if you didn't think that way the whole time. Cause I did not. Um, I, I was very, very discouraged. Very. Um, I would go to events and, and feel very insecure. Uh, and, and honestly, um, I don't know, bro press. I don't know how I'm here right now. I, I, I don't deserve it. I, um, I just know that I'm confident and that God has called me to this. And God called Paul to what he was doing. God called you to what you're doing, where you're at, bro. God called the, the youth minister, the youth leader, the aspiring youth minister, the aspiring children's ministry, children's pastor, what have you. God called you to the city you're in. So, so don't look to the city to the right or the left of you. Don't compare yourself. Because God needs people in the metropolitan areas just as much as he needs somebody in the rural areas, just as much as he needs somebody in Terre Haute that's a smaller city, 60,000 people. There's 170,000 people we pull from in our church. We don't have that many. That's what we pull from. And don't get discouraged. I would. People, people ask the question, how many are you running? That's another one. It's like, are you full time? How many are you running? Okay, listen. I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Don't be asked people that. Oh, it, it is, it's a loaded question. It, it's, it's kind of unfair because they're forced to answer. And, they, and yeah. so I, I, I tell, if they ask me, I'll tell them. Um, tell them I'm, what, what we're doing. And, and that's okay. I, I'm fine with that. But I'll tell you what. I, I did research. We have 18,000 young people in our community. And we have a certain less than 1%. And I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful that God is so good. He's blessed us. He's blessed our church and blessed our youth ministry. We have a great youth group. So proud of them. But we got work to do. 
Mm -hmm. We've got so much work to do. And that right there is the essence of why I work in the marketplace is that God can continue to use me and use my life and bless my family and, and minister to the young people because there's so many young people out there still hurting and need God. And so when you look at the life of Paul, that's what he did. He traveled. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. If you have a vocation that is very flexible for you, so you can spend time on this. Maybe there's a field that you can go into. Maybe there's something that you can find to do online to help you. I have, I've, I've got side hustles. I've got another hustle and another hustle because I want God to continue to use me in this season of my life, however long that may be. Um, and I want to show young people that, hey, you know what? It's okay. If you have a job, we want you to have a job because churches thrive off people that have jobs. <laughs> yeah. We have to have income and we have to have connections. Mm-hmm. My pastor would say he wants the down and outers and he wants the up and outers. So we want the people who have nothing. We want the people who have everything and everybody in between. That's, yeah. There's no respecter of persons here, especially when God uses people in ministry and that's okay. And so stop comparing yourself to the people and, and, and reach out to them. I, I love connecting with people. I love connecting with anybody who asks a question because I, I wish I would have been more bold to do that, bro. I wish I would have, I wish I would have picked up the phone or messaged somebody or texted somebody. Hey, can I, I got a couple of questions. I, I need help. I just, you know, I need encouragement or whatever. There's a lot of people out there, that, great youth pastors, much greater than me that have been through it and have been through what you're going through and can help you so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, this just came to mind as, as we wrap up. Um, what about, I know youth pastors are going to be inspired by this episode already. This is so good. What about um, the, the full-time youth pastor that might have some extra time? You mentioned you've got some side hustles. What, uh, yeah. What, what if, or maybe even not just a full-time youth pastor, but someone who's been thinking about side hustles. What are your thoughts on that and, and the agenda of using it for the kingdom? Okay. Um, this is a great question because I am not um, qualified, pre-qualified, adequate, schooled, educated, in any of the things that I'm doing on the side hustles. I just got to put that out right now. I have no secret to success other than the fact that God has opened some doors for me that's the only thing I have. I can't call a 1-800 number on the bottom of the screen, and, and I can't sell anything. I, all I can tell you is that whatever opportunity came, as long as it didn't affect my family and my time, you know, hmm. I took it. Uh, one of the first things I ever did as a side hustle uh, was mow lawns. I mowed. Um, I, ha- I bought a trailer. Uh, I may or may not have been legally plated. Uh, but I bought it, put a lawnmower on, <laughs> I put a lawnmower on it and I went and got three or four lawns. I think they paid me 30 bucks a piece and it gave me, you know, 120, 150 bucks extra a week, which was really nice. Mm. Um, I quickly found out that wasn't for me and God had other plans. And so then I, my friend had a cleaning business and I started cleaning uh, businesses on the side, I think 10 bucks an hour. And this is aside from my full time full-time job. And so I would clean businesses and then that led to stripping and waxing floors, which was a little bit more lucrative, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of labor, a lot of hard work on the knees, a lot of, you know, so that's a, that's a good avenue to go down. I didn't really know what I was doing. 
but I was there to help and I, I made some money. Um, the most recent endeavor, and I, I am not the end all be all. I'm not the Preston Keller. I'm not the <laughs> Seth Boy. I'm not the Kyle Thayer. I'm not the Matthew Smith, any of these guys. But for whatever reason, I've gotten into social media marketing and I've and I started signing up um, companies to do their marketing. And I talked to my friend Kyle Thayer in Michigan about this. Mm-hmm. And there are companies that, that don't know what they're doing. They, they're not even posting, I think, maybe every six months. And all I could tell them was, hey, I'll take the headache away from you and I'll just post for you. I'll create content the best I know how. And I had no credentials. I have nothing to stand on. The only thing I had to stand on was God. And God opened a door to, for one person. I did it for a year pro bono. Okay. This, watch what God can do. I did it for a year for pro bono. They pulled me in and said, oh, my goodness. Okay, listen, this, this is ridiculous. We're going to pay you. And I had no idea what to charge. And so they started paying me, and they told me what they're going to pay me. I'm like, whoa, wow, this is amazing. And so they paid me a monthly, and I was able to take that one company and, and use that to go to another company as a proof of concept. And I took it to another company, wow. open up another door, and before you know it, it's it's – close to half, maybe three fourths of my salary of where I work now. And so, and so I'm using that to bless my family, of course, the things that we need to do. Um, and, but also it gives back to the church and it provides me opportunities And the way I, and the way I got those really was as like, Hey, you know, uh, the church that says new life on it. Like, yeah, yeah. We know that church. Yeah. That's the church. Uh, I did the videos for them. Oh, you're hired. You know, Man. and so, and so that, that's really it. And, and yeah. I use the church. I have an agenda. It's the gospel. And I base everything off of that. And it's, it's, it's worked thus far. And if something, if I go from one hustle to the other, that's okay. It's just that season of, of life. And, and I'm pursuing this right now to, to help me and help my family and help my church and, and help our youth group to minister. And, and my burden is to give to people. I want to be in place. And so you know what I get to do? What I get to do is I get to go in a grocery store and pay for somebody. I get to pay for whatever. I, I, I get up in the restaurant and pay for somebody. I've always wanted to do that. I've never been able to do it because I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. But God's opened doors for me, and I told God I would do that if, if he did that for me. Man, that's so awesome, bro. It's, that's so awesome, so inspiring. Um, man, you've got me thinking, bro. This is so good. <laughs> you can do it. So good. You can do um, it. Man, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast, talking to our youth Love pastors it. and youth leaders. And um, if, if you wouldn't mind, close us out in prayer. But before, before that, if you have any closing thoughts on, on bivocational youth ministry, uh, whatever you want to leave our audience with tonight. So before we leave, I just want to encourage you again one, one last time to, that you are in a good place. Um, Whatever job you're in, whatever line of work you're in, God has, has you there for a reason. Just like I tell our youth group and our students, if they're in middle school, that is your season. That is your mission field. Uh, if you're in high school, that's your mission field. If you're whatever job you're at, if you're at McDonald's, if you're at Walmart, don't, don't, don't think that's a bad thing. God's using you for a reason. There's, there's something bigger. If you can just see in the spiritual and just take a peek at what God's wanting to do through you, that just know that I'll never think, that you're less of a minister because you're working somewhere 
full time. If that's a UPS driver, FedEx, uh, picking up trash, you're a trash man. That's great. Awesome. God needs you in that field because there is not somebody there right now. You may be the only contact. You may be the only church that somebody's getting right now. You're the only Jesus that someone is seeing. And that is why you're there. That is why you're there. If your friend is in ministry, tell them that is awesome. They're so blessed. I, that is, I'm so thankful for that. That is an amazing thing. But for you, for personally, for you, God has you where you are for a reason and a purpose. So, and, and I love everybody. I love youth ministers. Love talking about this topic. And, and I'll close this out in prayer if that's okay. Absolutely. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for this time together with all of our youth ministers. And I thank you for this podcast. It's such a blessing, such an awesome ministry, and it's such an awesome resource for a lot of our youth leaders, aspiring youth leaders. I pray right now that this word would encourage somebody, that they would take it and apply it to their life. I pray for every family that's represented on this call, that you bless the families, bless the church, God. But we're trying to reach a lost and dying world, and we need you. And we believe that you're going to provide opportunities and open doors for us to bless the kingdom. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We are praying for you and we believe in you. Thank you for all that you are doing for students and for youth ministry. If this episode has helped you, provided insight or encouragement, We encourage you to send this out to your youth pastor friends, text this to your youth team members, and we can all grow together. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, find us at uh, under our handle at Rush Students, and we'd love to connect with you. And once again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you will help us so much by leaving a rating and review. Hey, we can't wait to hang out with you next time. My name is Preston Keller, and you have been listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.